Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you know, I've been told a lot that I people are so encouraged and impressed at how young I started being a voice for the unborn, gave my first speech on abortion at 18 years old, started a pro-life club at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California at 19 years old, and probably started actually giving public speeches at around 19. I'm 30 now. And, you know, people always say, that's so incredible. You were so young at 18, 19. All I could think about was fast cars and girls. Uh, and yet, I, being in the pro-life movement full time, I meet all of these people now who are way more engaged in being a voice for the unborn at 12, 13, 14, 15 than I was at 18. And now there are students for life clubs on high school campuses, some junior high campuses. And we have some incredible people here at my home church at Godspeak Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks, California, where you know I worship and where we're recording out of now because of my wonderful wonderful Pastor Rob McCoy, um, who are involved in sidewalk counseling and post-abortion healing and mentor families and orphan foster care. And we have families that come together and participate in these prayer walks and sidewalk counseling with their children. And so we have some wonderful friends here in the studio today that I wanted to introduce you to and just hear their story because stories are so incredibly powerful and moving, especially when you see God's redemptive work through those stories and through those families. And so uh, these are my friends, Amanda and Cheyenne. I think their story is just going to bless you and fire you up. And we have mutual friends like Betsy Gray, who's co-founding Pro-Life Bank with Nick Vujicic. And Betsy Gray was basically my spiritual mother and the director of Santa Barbara's Pregnancy Resource Center when I was a student at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. And so Betsy and I have been friends for over a decade. And Amanda and Cheyenne have an incredible story that ties in with Betsy Gray and the Pregnancy Center in Santa Barbara, California, and now worship here with us at Godspeak Calvary Chapel. So uh, I, buckle up. I think you're in for a treat. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation uh, because it's going to give you hope for the church and hope for the next generation. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, super pumped it could happen. Yeah. Um, we were just at a party together with mm -hmm. a bunch of Godspeak people, uh, and your story is just so moving. You've told it before. You've told mm -hmm. it at pregnancy center banquets, yeah. uh, which really moved the hearts of donors because yeah. it shows the evidence of God's faithfulness and how he works through these centers that are so important, especially mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. with Roe v. Wade getting overturned yeah. and with the church sort of tiny, a little bit, maybe waking up, these centers yeah. are on the front lines actually yeah. caring for unborn children primarily, but actually loving and pouring in the love of Christ to their parents and, yeah. and their mothers who sadly today are the final decision maker. Fathers have right. no legal right mm -hmm. to contend for the life of their child if that child's in the womb. It doesn't matter if, yeah. if it was consensual sex. It doesn't matter if that baby's half his. He has no right to defend that child. Mm -hmm. And so these centers pour the love of Christ into people like you. Mm -hmm. And and so you're one of, of course, tens of thousands in America yeah. um, who made the right decision, the right yeah choice. Yeah. <laughs> and now we yeah. celebrate the fruits of that choice. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're friends, we go to the same church and you mm -hmm. guys are so involved 
in in pro life at our church. And so I just I wanted people to hear your story mm-hmm. and, and and God's faithfulness in your life yeah. because I think it will encourage especially the older people who listen to this show who are yeah. wondering if there's hope for the next generation <laughs> and also the young people to see like I can be a voice for the unborn. Like mm-hmm. I can I can defend life and I can play an important role in my community. Mm-hmm. And if God chooses to use you bigger than your community, but everything starts local and you guys are being doing incredible yeah. work at the local level. So, uh, Amanda, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, your daughter, and then I want you to share your story. Yeah. So I'm Amanda Van Gundy, and this is my beautiful daughter. I'm Cheyenne. Yeah, and Cheyenne is how old are you? I'm 14. 14. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So my story begins when I was in college. Um, I had an unplanned pregnancy. And where at? Um, I was living in Santa Barbara. Um, Were you at UCSB? Or Santa I was Barbara at City College. Channel Islands. Oh, Cha- so I was oh, commuting. Yes. And I'm actually yes. from the Bay Area. So okay. I was new to Santa Barbara. Okay. So I didn't have a huge support system. Yeah. You know, I find myself pregnant. I was raised in the church in okay. a Christian home, Christian values. Um and that that's something as I worked started working in pro life, you know, you come to find out one in four women have had an abortion. Yeah. And many of them are in the church. That's right. And so there's a problem there, and I feel like that is why I wanted to start sharing my story and talking about it, and something that you know we need to start talking about in our churches. Yeah. Well, it's you know, probably uh, thirty or more, but thirty-three, thirty-four yeah. percent of women who have an abortion identify as actually being regularly involved in attending mm-hmm. at the church. Yeah. Which is crazy. So, so, so women go silently from the pews to the mm-hmm. abortion center, and the shepherds have nothing to say about it. Because mm-hmm. they say we're not political. Meanwhile, the women in your church and the men in your church are involved in killing yeah. their children. Yeah. Um, but we go to a church that's obviously right. the opposite of that. Right. So, right. so you were going to Channel Islands. You were living in Santa Barbara. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Continue. So, um, I met with the father, and he wanted me to get an abortion. Um, and so, something I recently read was that and this was what like 2004 um no actually it was in 2007 she was born in 2008 yeah so um i read recently that the biggest influencer on Mm -hmm. a woman's life is the father that's right and i know a lot of men you know especially in the church kind of don't want to say anything but yet right. it's a woman's you know, issue <laughs> right but i'm the pro-life father, but we should defer to her voice right the father it's it's 50 percent their child yeah and what 90 percent of their influence whether the child lives That's or dies right. yep totally and so um, and there's actually statistics that bear this out as well amanda mm-hmm. there was there was a study I, I talk about on the podcast sometime from the guttmacher institute which is planned parenthood statistical research branch yeah. if, if you know the name guttmacher institute it's named after alan Guttmacher, a former president of Planned Parenthood. So this is like a Planned Parenthood statistics. And they've done uh, studies called uh, Reasons U.S. Women Choose Abortion. And Mm -hmm. so this is just polling and and data that they send to women. Why did you get an abortion? What what, Mm -hmm. what chose it? What influenced your decision? And so one time I compiled all the various reasons Mm -hmm. people chose abortion. And they were categorized as like um, socioeconomic struggles. Like uh, the woman was afraid. Of course, these questions aren't going to men. They're going to women. Right. right. So questions like, um, uh, why, why did you get an abortion? Uh, it was because I was I was afraid that I didn't have uh, enough uh, money 
to support mm-hmm. the child right. or I was having relational conflict. Mm-hmm. That was another reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, so, so you compile all these yeah. and they, they boil down to one common denominator, yeah. a lack of a male a lack of a father figure mm-hmm. or there, or he is involved, but he's pressuring her to get the abortion. Yes. Right. So almost all the, almost all the reasons women choose abortion yeah. come down to a man who's not exercising the role that he should be. Right. So right. anyway, but, but of course we're all like, duh, of course. Like <laughs> right. if, 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 right. if the man you love or had a fling with whatever the, whatever the circumstances yeah. says, I love you. I'm here for this baby. We're going to raise this baby. I'm going to take three extra jobs. Yeah. Of course, most women would be like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Continue. Um, so after I met with the father, I decided to go to a pregnancy clinic to help me kind of navigate and Good. process everything that was going on. And that's when Betsy had just become the director of that pregnancy. Yeah. Clinic. Yeah. So, um, wow. you know, being, I have great compassion for someone facing an unplanned pregnancy. You know, it's like you're having to make these decisions that will affect the rest of your life. You know, it's like motherhood is a lifetime decision, right. you know, or adoption. That's like something that's going to affect you forever. You know, can I raise this child financially? You know, I'm, right. I'm a starving student trying to get through college, yeah, you know, and, right. Will I will I finish college and and you're being pressured to have yeah yeah and um, society says I have the answer to all of those problems you know yep. abortion yep and so you women do you. yeah women are very vulnerable at that time they're making emotional decisions and so I I think the pregnancy clinic is so so important yep you know Amen. in these. In these situations. So were you still contemplating abortion when you went to Network Medical? You know, I wasn't really. Or I did was, you did you give your your boyfriend the bird or what? Yeah, I just. Were I you pissed I, or were you scared and, and pressured? Um, I think I was just an emotional wreck. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Because you were what twenty. 1920. No, actually, I was older. You were twenty. Yeah, okay. yeah I was older, and I had kind of my life mapped out yeah. of like what I wanted to do. Like when I was younger, I was figuring everything out and now I knew what I wanted mm. to do. So I went back to school. Wow. And so then I'm left, hmm. you know, with like, I knew what I want. I know what I want to do now. And yeah. now my life is over, Wow. you know? So, um, for me, abortion had never really crossed my mind but then it would have been easy to get pressured into doing something or convinced into doing yeah. something when you're so vulnerable, so emotional, yeah. and the world is telling you to act on, you know, a feeling yeah. or, you know, and here's the answer and it will be over and yep. all these things. So, um, you know, pregnancy clinics are, are life affirming yeah. and they offer resources and counseling. And, um, so I went there and, uh, um, you know, after like for me, like what made me kind of choose life was, you know, I was tired of going my own way and mm-hmm. making decisions that were of the world and for me I wanted to 
honor God, and then I wanted to yep, decide what was best for my child. It was you know, it's like, like a wake up call, kind of. Yeah, and it's crazy to think like once you're you're pregnant, like I was already a mother. Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. You know, so I'm not thinking of myself now, and that's what people want to say: my body, yeah. my choice. Yep. You know, and they're thinking for themselves when really it's like, no, you're you're a mother. Like I have to do what's best for my child as well and what's empowering empowering to me. Yep. You know, so I think sometimes when something is difficult isn't necessarily mean it's um, not going to be empowering That's for right. you in the yeah. long run. You Amen. know? Yeah. So Well, everyone who's walked through trials <laughs> and desert seasons. Yeah. You know, you see this in scripture too. Yeah. You know, look back and that's at that season and see how God actually used that yeah. to not just shape them into who they are today, but to actually make them stronger. Yes. Right. That yeah. that like God is with you in those hard seasons. Yeah. And you come out of it way stronger and more equipped yeah. for what he's called you to than mm-hmm. you would have had things remained cush, comfortable right. and chill. You right. know? <laughs> right. So. Well they make it sound so easy. It's just like an appointment. You go in there for like an hour, it's done. But then the effects on your life after that, it changes like the entire rest of your life because you have that shame and that guilt. And then yep. also, I mean, and also it's you incredible you're not, you're not you letting know. the Lord work through your life. And I feel like yeah. the That's Lord right. blesses you when you accept what he's speaking That's good. Of. It's incredible what, yeah, 30, what 30 minutes of your life mm-hmm. can do to you yeah. mm-hmm. when you make the wrong decision. So you yeah. chose life. Yeah. I and Cheyenne life. is yeah. the product. Yes. <laughs> Cheyenne was born when? Yeah, she was born May 8th. And I went to, you know, one of the things that I needed um, was housing. I mean, I, I literally didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live. I was wow. putting myself through college. Wow. And so I show up a total wreck at this pregnancy clinic. And um, they started just, they, they offer so many resources. And so one of the things they found was housing. Yeah. And so I was able to kind of finish another year of school. It's like I was waddling to my classes, but I was able to finish that year. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I had I had Cheyenne and, and the and the father. Did he completely peace out, or did he come back around? Yeah, I think once I was born, and he saw like, okay, she's alive, she's here. He yeah. was like, I want to be a part of her life now. Good. But okay. I mean, it was a difficult year. I would I would actually there was one instance where I actually passed him on the street, like, and really? I didn't exist. <laughs> Wow. So it was. Um, wow, that's hard. Yeah. I mean, it was all these things that were actually good for me in the long run. Yeah. But in the moment, it was right. very difficult. Yeah. And the Lord was reminding me that he is my father. Like, yeah. he's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. you know, I think, you know, one of the the lies also that I hear a lot or something people bring up a lot are, well, if I choose life, are you going to financially provide for it? <laughs> right, you right, know, right, and right. it's just kind of so funny to me yeah, because that obviously was a huge concern, mm-hmm. but there's so many resources. Like yeah. I had such a hard time providing for myself 
and mm. paying for college on my own. And then, um, you know, once I had Cheyenne, yeah. I was given money to finish college. And, wow. You know, like but I thought pro-lifers were just pro-birth, Amanda. I thought mm-hmm. pregnancy resource centers just wanted the baby to be born, and then they pieced out and said, we hate you, figure yeah. it out. Yeah, that no. wasn't your experience. Wow. <laughs> no, it wasn't. They Incredible. threw me a huge baby shower. <laughs> they furnished my apartment. Wow. You know, they helped me move in. They they gave me provided dinners wow. after, you know, I had Cheyenne and brought now, did her you home. Ask, did you ask Planned Parenthood or the local abortion center that, hey, you say you're pro-choice, so I, I'm considering the choice of life um, and just uh, wondering uh, how you'll help me in planning my parenthood. Uh, were they providing any resources <laughs> if you chose life for Cheyenne? No, no definitely not. Really? That oh. doesn't make them money. <laughs> oh. So it's almost like there's only one choice they're interested in. Yeah. Of course, we all yes. know this and you yes. know this, but but these are the lies that we hear circulated in the culture. And you're hearing those right. a lot on social media right now right. by people saying, because they're all pissed off that Roe v. Wade's overturned, right? right. So they're saying, okay, so some of these babies are going to have to be born. So right. what are you going to do for them? Right. right. And, and it's like right. the answer from pro-lifers is like, well, firstly, we're not going to kill them. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. about that. Like, Planned yeah. Parenthood, their only choice they profit off of is yeah, abortion. Right. So, of course, they're not going to support a mother yeah, who's right. asking for money just yeah. to bring another life in the world. Isn't it funny how angry they all are right now, guys? Because they tell us that abortion is only 3% of their services. Right. And right. then every every single Planned Parenthood is just like shutting down. Yeah, the but that Roe means that you're only losing 3%, which right. means right. you have this awesome opportunity with Roe v. Wade getting overturned to really focus in on those 97% right. of other services right. and really enrich yourself. Yeah. Oh, wait, you're yeah. almost financially upside down. You're having yeah, right. to close centers. Yeah, because right. we all knew what a lie that 3% figure was. Right. So so Shan is born, mm-hmm. uh, and you're single momming it? Yeah, I'm a single mom. Um, I really wanted to go back to school, um, so I started applying for financial aid, and you know, I got you know all these programs like WIC and EBT, you know, I mean, that is that is difficult. It's difficult to feel like you want to be a successful career person. And then now you're on government. You're dependent ex- on the government. Yeah. yeah, you're on an EBT card. And so for me, I knew that I this was temporary, but it was something to get me, you know, on my feet and be mm-hmm. able to continue to pursue the things that I want. Um, and so I did. I did go back to school, you know, there's also, you know, childcare available. Um, so there's lots of resources and, um, you know, I met my husband when Cheyenne was nine months old. Wow. So he's, it was, she was that young. Yeah. So I forgot. She, he's oh, never missed a birthday, Amazing. you know, first steps, like first words. Yeah. Um, and then on her one year birthday, I Which graduate. is also like Mother's Day, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. It was Mother's Day this <laughs> really? year. Her birthday was on Mother's I was, Day this yeah, year. Same yeah. weekend yeah. as Mother's Day. It falls yeah. on right. Mother's Day. Yeah. So, and then on her one-year birthday, I graduated with my BA alongside of my future husband. Wow. So, it was like God was taking all my brokenness and mm-hmm. really rewriting my story into something beautiful, which which doesn't happen unless you you trust him, you know, and you start making good decisions. And, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So now I have this. And how old was, uh, were you Cheyenne when they got married? I was three, two and a half, two and a half. half. I don't, sadly, I don't remember. I mean, it would have been so amazing, but like, there's probably pictures. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's awesome. 
And so, so uh, and then, and then uh, to fast track a lot, um, you guys moved to the area mm-hmm. from Santa Barbara like a year and a half or yeah. something like that ago, a year ago. And so you're involved here. And Shane, you're very involved with the Love Life Ministry here. Yeah, with I mean, I'm trying walks. to get more involved. It's like, and you yeah. even have built out a pro life Instagram account mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. very involved. So, yeah. so I mean, kind of shifting now, you know, I, I think I let your mom talk for too long. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Shan, what's what, I guess, when did you learn your story and your mom's story? Uh, when did she share that with you? And like, what was that like hearing yeah. or, or, or if you were very young, you can't remember being told when you were older, like, what was that like to be like, wow, like well, you have a relationship yeah. with your, your biological dad now, but like to hear that as a kid or however old you were when you told her, Amanda, to, to hear that, mm-hmm. like, wow, like, my dad wanted me dead. I mean, I don't think, I think the part where he wanted me aborted was kind of like told to me a couple years ago, but knowing that I was an unplanned pregnancy was never really like a closed subject. Mm-hmm. I kind of always knew like, okay, like I do go to my biological dad's house every month. Yeah. Um. So I knew what had happened. It had just never really been like anything important to me because I don't know, it had never really registered how nobody else really had that around me. Yeah. And then I think I was like 12 when I finally understood like, hey, like abortion is a real issue. And I learned right. like mm-hmm. I could have been aborted. And that was something that kind of just clicked and was like, Whoa. oh, my gosh, like it's heavy. Yeah. I might not have been here if my mom hadn't like chosen life. So that kind of like inspired me to start working on doing whatever I can to help other mothers, other mothers in that situation, knowing that like people like me wouldn't be here yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's one thing you know to say you're pro-life and to say you're against abortion because we know lots of people like that pastors mm-hmm. christians they say they're pro-life but then mm-hmm. you turn around they vote for democrats who right. uphold abortion or mm-hmm. or they say they're pro-life but they say except in case of rape or incest or whatever and you're like yeah. and you, we're like eh, i don't think you that word means what you think it means life isn't debatable yeah. like i don't know i don't you're not pro-life like i'm pro-life but right. it's another thing when right. it's actually like part of your story yeah you know yeah. so i have like friends like melissa odin who are who are abortion survivors like they actually mm-hmm. survived the procedure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even if it's not that intense, learning that my life was actually in one it way hanging the in the balance, yeah. you know, and yeah. like, you know, this, the, you know, your father could have tripled down and really pressured you mm-hmm. and hounded you yeah. and, and manipulated you. And yeah. some men get physically abusive yeah. if, if, if the woman doesn't get the abortion. Like, yeah. like to, so to hear that and to learn that story, like, whoa, yeah. like that obviously yeah. is going to yeah. make you pro-life in <laughs> yeah. a way that the rest of the culture right. isn't when yeah. they say they're pro-life. And so it's an incredible mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Yeah. So. So you start a pro-life Instagram account. You're, yeah. You've done sidewalk counseling. You've stood outside of abortion centers. Yeah. You've held she signs. Makes, you've prayed. She I, makes care packages. Yeah. I like it's like just things like pamphlets, resources, yeah, Mm -hmm. because we have like a pregnancy clinic in town that we're trying to get running. Like, I don't know, yeah, she's very educated. Just just you're on the board of a local pregnancy resource center, yeah. I just joined Ohana Health, yeah, so that's exciting. That's so cool. Um, I'm excited to see what that does in this community, you know, just. Hopefully it can be kind of like a city on a hill, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So Cheyenne, uh, what is it like uh, with your generation? 
Um, you go to a wonderful church, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you must know young people who are pro-choice yeah. or, or who are yeah. not sure what they think about the topic, especially right now with this being <laughs> one of the probably the, the we single are the greatest topic being yeah. talked about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what the secular culture is, is telling your generation, Cheyenne, what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and AOC um, mm-hmm. are saying. They're saying... Oh, these pro-life Republicans are setting women back 150 years. I think uh, I think Nancy Pelosi said the other day when Roe versus Wade was overturned, she said this feels like such a slap in the face to women. Right. So do you feel like uh, they're <laughs> slapping you around? And do you feel like no, you've been set you know back what? 150 years? <laughs> like what would you say to young people yeah. of your age group who are crying that women don't have rights anymore? Yeah, if anything, it's empowering to know that there are people there that are willing to embrace the life that you're bringing into the world um, and not just disregard it and say, we'll just get rid of it. You know, there's actually people there that want to support you and follow you through um, with giving you resources and things that you need yeah. instead of doing a procedure. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're definitely moving forward in that decision to overturn Roe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had asked Cheyenne that question because that comes up a lot. You know, are we moving? You know, a lot of people are like, why are we moving backwards? And she's like, we're not. We're moving forwards because now we're giving rights to children, you know. And so that's amazing. And that should be celebrated, you know, that we're so um, we have all this scientific technology that now we can see that it is a life at conception. Science says this is a life at conception because that's when your genetic code is created. If right. anything, you know? biology is moving forward and understanding when life starts. We, yeah. I mean, we say women's rights, but we yeah. never say when they start. And so I think it's so important <laughs> yeah. to just, at conception, right. it is a woman. Yep, right. that's right. So, And the attack is like these christians you know mm-hmm. well that's science says it's a life christian says that life has value 96 percent of biologists say life begins at conception but 85 yeah. percent of them are still pro-choice yeah it's just that's yeah. right look at you spitting <laughs> off stats. So. that's true i i know the the study you're referring to and actually i, I met the guy uh, behind that, who kind of compiled all of really? the data, and, mm-hmm. and he got some serious heat, yeah, um, yeah. and hatred for simply. It's funny he didn't even take a position. He just <laughs> he just compiled, True. you know, and 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 spoke to you know biologists and doctors right. and stuff and right. uh, embryologists all around the the country yeah. and came up with that figure. Ninety six percent agree that human life begins at the moment of conception. Yeah. So it was just it was just compiling data, and like yeah. people were like, "Oh, we hate you." Well, how it's much like, the it's truth because we all know you. they're yeah. babies. If, we all know they're human beings. Yeah. If your argument. Is isn't based on truth yeah, how much right. does that can offend you when the statistics come out and they're against you yeah so what's it like uh Cheyenne, being 14 and using social media the digital marketplace <laughs> the public square today right. um to to share pro-life truths to share stories to share statistics um and you know what kind of heat do you get from other <laughs> friends do you see minds yeah. changed and what's that like so thankfully most of the people that follow me are pro-life like I don't really have too many family members that are like completely against me hateful arguments that kind of stuff um but there's definitely they're definitely out there you know I get notifications and they're just like bad words and cussing and like swearing and like I'm like you're not even making any sense you're just angered um but it is empowering to see how many young people and people with young like I can see their accounts and they're just my age as well 
and I don't share that I'm 14 on there, but they're still liking the posts. Yeah, yeah. And so it is cool to see how many people are out there that don't post anything pro-life on their personal accounts, but they are on the same side. So I think just encouraging them to... Yeah spread the word as well yeah use their voice yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah this is an issue that's not going away you know we were Mm -hmm. just talking about how california wants to write it in the constitution yep so it's something that we need to keep talking about and um it's gonna get worse here too yeah yeah Yeah, they want to use their taxpayer dollars to reimburse women maybe coming out of arizona Mm -hmm. cover their travel expenses their hotel their food expenses their abortion Mm -hmm. and if necessary to pay for their babysitter back home in a more pro-life state to watch her kids while she goes to California to kill her other kid. Uh, I mean, this stuff sounds so dystopian. It sounds like some <laughs> yeah. like sci-fi yeah. novel yeah. in like a future 100 years from now, but yeah. it's like happening here now. I know. Yeah. It's, well, that was another thing. It, hearing my story, like hearing my mom's story of choosing life, it just makes you realize this is not something that happens like once a year. Like live action saying 2363. 2,363 babies are being killed every day. Right. And they're just just reporting the stats. Right. It's probably greater than that because states are not required to report their abortion data. Mm -hmm. And it's also hard to track how many abortions happen through the medication abortion. So it's not not a rare. It's at least 2,300 a day. Yeah. Which is unreal. Yeah. 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 It's, It's just, I mean, I feel like when we start diving into, you know, the actual like argument of it there really isn't an argument of it you know like for my situation like no one made me get pregnant Mm -hmm. this was something that I did you know and so it's like I needed to take responsibility and we have an an entire generation of individuals that do no longer you know want to take responsibility of their actions and so the pro well I think that's one of the reasons that my generation is pro-choice because it's all based on feeling nowadays and they don't really want to accept that they have responsibility Mm. um which i think is something that we need to change obviously but pro-choice really isn't they say pro-life isn't the scientific argument they don't have scientific argument but in reality pro-choice is all based on feeling and it's not empowering women because you're telling women that you need an abortion to be able to have what you want in life. Like my mom, she had all these plans and she still like was a missionary in Africa and mm-hmm. has a, like a family now yeah. and is like on the front lines doing pro-life work. And wow. she had, she chose life, you know? Yep. So it's not empowering no. for wow. women to have abortions no. because you're telling them they can't do it without it. That's right. right. Look at that. Yeah. You, I think you're doing a, a decent job oh. uh, as a mother there. Yeah, that's a, most most yeah. pastors won't speak with that level yeah. of conviction and clarity, Cheyenne. That's incredible. Well, and, and actually, you're totally right, Cheyenne, and that's very insightful for you. And that's why I wanted people to just hear the hope uh, that you know you represent for the mm-hmm. next generation because mm-hmm. that that's an incredibly insightful and powerful truth you just shared is that isn't that really it at the end of the day yeah. Yeah. it's that and ex- ex- excuse me for getting more specific and graphic here but ultimately they want orgasms without responsibility mm-hmm. they want to have sex and they don't want to have any of the responsibilities yeah i, I want pleasure yeah. i want self-realization self-fulfillment mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> me 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 yeah no but and we know that the abortions due to rape are less than one percent of the right. Right. abortions right so okay we're not talking about those right now we're talking about right. literally almost every circumstance mm-hmm. what you're saying is i don't want to deal with the actions or mm-hmm. the consequences of my decisions right right 
it's mm-hmm. all about you. And, right. and, and so abortion is like really the ultimate fulfillment of that first lie in the garden. Mm-hmm. When the serpent tells Eve, mm-hmm. eat the apple, yeah. do it my way. Yeah. Because God knows that when ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, meaning that they're not fully open. So God's holding out on you. He's withholding something from you. So yeah. eat the freaking apple yeah. and you'll see real reality. Right. And then ye shall be as yeah. gods. Mm-hmm. Be, I get to become like a god? Right. Wow, thanks, serpent. That mm-hmm. sounds cool. Yeah. Like We all want to be as a god because right. a god means you're powerful. A god right. means you're right. eternal, that you'll never die. Right. You'll get to live forever. Right. And and that's that's the enticing lie is that yeah. is that we can find some alternative mm-hmm. other way, not God's way, not the wise restraints that make men free, not the law, not the commandments. Mm-hmm. I can find my own way, yeah. and and I don't have to deal with any of the consequences of my decisions, right? Because I'm going to be as a god. Mm-hmm. Um, and if children have to be sacrificed in order for me to avoid responsibility. Well, then so be it. Yeah. Because I'm my own God. Yeah. And so and so what you're saying, Shan, is actually incredibly insightful. But at the end of the day, that's that's really what you're talking about. And so abortion is also sort of this hatred of the natural world. Mm-hmm. It's this hatred of biology. Because we believe as Christians and pro-lifers that there are moral duties that flow from biological ties. Mm-hmm. So you have sex, you create a human. That's a baby yeah. now in her womb. Yes. Now you have moral responsibilities that mother, flow yeah. from that biology, those yeah. biological realities. The fact that yeah. when two men and when a man and a woman get together, you might create a baby. And right. therefore, when that baby's there, you have to start changing how you're living. Right. Uh, and, right. And, and, and so it's so powerful because you, Amanda, were actually this perfect uh, prospect mm-hmm. in the secular culture's mind for abortion. Yeah. You were a college student. Yeah. You were single. You weren't married. Mm-hmm. You weren't a trust fund baby. A Christian. <laughs> you didn't have a ton of savings to float yourself through. Mm-hmm. You had just built out your dream life. Yeah. And then you're pregnant. Like yeah. you, you literally yeah. fit the exact mm-hmm. kind of woman the abortion industry describes yeah. when they say she's the one that needs abortion. Even, even being yeah. a Christian, like my mom <laughs> right. was raised in a Christian home. Like they they think that Christians would be less likely to, and I hope they are, but having the shame and guilt of being a Christian and having a baby, mm-hmm. you just want to get rid of it. So many people just don't want to have to deal with the church knowing about that. Yep. So the fact that my mom chose life and was like, you know what, her life's more important than what yep. other people think about me. That's right. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, even like my, I mean, my body, my choice, that is its own religion. Yeah. You know, that is yeah. a humanistic religion. Yeah, it's really. the deification of the self. Yeah. So. Right. Peter Kraft, the Catholic philosopher, once said that abortion is the demonic parody of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Communion. Mm-hmm. That's why it uses the same holy words. Yeah. This is my body, but with the opposite blasphemous meaning. Yeah. So Christ says, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. And the culture of death says, no, this is my body yeah my choice Mm -hmm. so rather than accepting the broken body and shed blood of christ for eternal life yeah the culture of death demands that we break the bodies and shed the blood of babies for eternal life Mm -hmm. while claiming that it's actually just your body right right so you're actually totally right it's this humanistic deification of Mm -hmm. the self Mm -hmm. that says i can be as my own god and ultimately my pleasure and self-fulfillment is all that matters right and yet how has that served women in america 
Right. Uh, generally speaking, men and women are yeah. more miserable, more medicated, more depressed. Right. Um, and we, we won't we have time to get into the conversation of the physical repercussions of abortion in terms of like early preterm birth and subsequent yeah. pregnancies, right. your increased risk of, of breast cancer, mm-hmm. all these other things. We're the most medicated, depressed generation that there ever is. Right. And we're still claiming that we haven't fully realized the promises of the sexual revolution. It's like, right. no, I, I think those didn't yeah. come to fruition. <laughs> yeah. Or even how it manifests itself in society. You know, it's like, I always quote, you know, I love Mother Teresa. She's, you know... Um, she fought hard against abortion and she used to always say the greatest destroyer of, um, peace peace was abortion. That, that if a mom and dad can kill their own baby, what is left? Yeah. But for us to kill one another. Right. Mm -hmm. And how that manifests itself in society. Like look at our society now. It's like, I think she also said we shouldn't be surprised if we hear reports of wars and crimes yeah. and murder across the globe. Yeah. And then she said, for if a mother can kill her own child, what is left for us right. but to kill one another? Mm-hmm. Right. And, so, and the, Dr. Mildred Jefferson, the first black woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School, who turned Reagan pro-life um, and started the National Right to Life Committee yeah. from before Roe versus Wade in 1973, she said, today it is the unborn child. Yeah. Tomorrow it is likely to be the elderly or those who are incurably ill, mm-hmm. who knows but that a little later, it may be anyone who has political and moral views that do not fit into the new distorted order. Wow. So the further, the longer we tolerate the oppression of the unborn, mm-hmm. the sooner we'll find that that oppression and tyranny comes home for us. Right. For those who murder the unborn cannot be trusted to govern the born. Right. And so you're dealing, Cheyenne, with the civil rights issue of our generation and you're going to forever remember and be able Mm -hmm. to say where you were what you were doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when the emancipation proclamation of our generation happened (laughs) it's not a perfect analogy because the emancipation proclamation freed all the slaves everywhere right roe v wade just sends it back to the states but the political significance of that date Mm -hmm. will forever be something that you can say you remember where you were and your children and grandchildren when they're cheyenne yeah. are going to ask you when they now hate abortion as much as we hate slavery in America today. Mm-hmm. What did you do, mom? <laughs> what did you do, grandma? Yeah. And we're going to be judged by our children and our posterity mm-hmm. for our actions or inactions mm-hmm. on this issue. So yeah. anyways, yeah. Hey, as we wind down, Cheyenne, I guess what would you say to um, to a 14-year-old pro-choice uh, friend or someone on Instagram who says that you hate women, you're a traitor to your own race, Cheyenne, uh, you're betraying women. Um, women need abortion to be equal with men. Uh, these confused, lost young women like you who mm-hmm. have taken a very different route, probably didn't have as good of a mother and father as you. What would you say to your generation at this real turning point yeah. uh, in American history? I'd say, I mean, the goal isn't to take away women's rights. It's to give rights to everyone in our society. Amen. And if anything, we are empowering women with resources and the help Real that they need. Yeah. Um, so yeah, choosing life, it's not taking away a woman's rights. Mm-hmm. It's bringing more women into the world to help us fight for the rights of everyone. Um, wow, well said. <laughs> and yeah, I, I don't think pro-life is taking away women's rights as much as it is assisting and encouraging women to accept the consequences and building them 
to be stronger than Which they makes were them before better. the mm-hmm. situation. Because when you neglect yeah. your responsibility from your choices, you become more infantilized, mm-hmm. more of yeah. a child, mm-hmm. uh, more of a petulant yeah. uh, child in an adult's, adult's body. But when you accept responsibility for your choices, mm-hmm. you mature yeah. and you become better for it. And you're mm-hmm. an example of that. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to, to moms uh, contemplating abortion, uh, moms who have given life to some of their children but are still pro-choice and are pissed off that the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade? Um, what would you say to your generation, Amanda? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that, you know, life is a blessing. You know, I have Cheyenne, and I can see how she has been my biggest blessing, you know, and and through that, so many more blessings and Amen. I think, um, you know, you want to make a decision that's going to benefit you um, and the child in the long run. And, you know, with abortion, there's so much trauma behind that. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's more options. You know, there's adoption, you know, there's, you know, keeping the child. Um, and so I just... I feel like you just have to see past that emotional right that emo- emotional thing of of wanting to just like make it go away you know right. and and I think that if you allow yourself to be refined you end up a better person yep. you know so amen that's right and you miss out on the greatest adventure at all, which is being a parent. Yes. Right? That yes. really is the greater work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a work to to get through so you yeah. can be an yeah. empty nester again. Right. It actually is the greater work. Yeah, it is the greater blessing. It is crazy. As a single person, you're looking for purpose, you know. And then um once I had a child and was a single mom, it's like I found purpose. That's right. So plus yeah. the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. <laughs> How amazing is it? That's the one thing that I feel like empowers women most. What can we do that men can't? We can literally create life and bring life to well, the world. Well, no, now, now hold on, Cheyenne. Men, <laughs> men can give birth too. Sorry, okay. but <laughs> we follow the science here. I on mean, we might have to have a whole other debate on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, and you said it earlier, Cheyenne. And well, I think we'll end the show with that. It's not empowering women to celebrate abortion and encourage them to put their career before their children, to sacrifice mm-hmm. children so that they can have a career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually incredibly dehumanizing. It's yeah. the ultimate anti-woman position, not just for the unborn females who were mm-hmm. killed. That's not very mm-hmm. pro-female for them, yeah. but also for their mothers who you were telling cannot be equal with men and cannot be fulfilled and cannot be equal and cannot be happy unless they pay someone to kill their child. Uh, It's actually an incredibly Mm anti-feminist, sexist view of women Mm -hmm. to think so little of women that they aren't inherently strong enough to Mm -hmm. adopt the responsibilities from their sexual choices, Yeah, grow up Mm -hmm. and preserve and protect a child that they brought into the world. And as we all know, pro-life is ultimately pro-woman. So yes, thank you guys for sharing your story. Thanks 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 for coming on the show today. And you guys are going to carry on an incredible work um, here at Godspeak as I'm um, leaving and moving the family to a new state and launching a new organization. Uh, But we have an incredible team here at the church, and we're excited to see how you guys continue to save lives, change minds, and change hearts. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Thank you guys for tuning into the show today. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show rating and review. Really helps us reach more people. It really does. We'd appreciate that. It drives it up the charts. More people see it. Uh, And then if you want to follow me online, go to TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Give us a share there. We're doing lots 
lots of reels debunking some lies that are going viral right now about Roe v. Wade getting overturned. Uh, oh, Cheyenne, what is your Instagram account called? It's youthforlife.365. Youthforlife.365. Youth for life. Youth for like a number, number, number four. four. <laughs> Youth number four life dot three six five. We'll put it in the show notes, guys. But you should go sh- uh, follow Cheyenne's pro life Instagram account. Uh, that's the marketplace of ideas today, and we need more young people sharing the truth, pushing back against these crazed abortion kooks who usually are more passionate about promoting death on these platforms than Christians are for promoting life. So give her a follow and share her content. Send her an encouraging note. Uh, and then uh, if you want to get involved with Love Life, go to lovelife.org. Uh, bring a chapter you, to your church. Bring me out to to speak or preach, and we'll get a pro-life ministry started there. And you can start participating in the wonderful work that people like Amanda and Cheyenne are doing. If you want to book me for an event or see my speaking schedule, go to sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com or to sign up for my newsletter and to join the White Rose Resistance, my new organization, go to thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Unaborted. <laughs>